0: So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 9.13 a.m. Central Standard Time. It's the 21st of January 2022, and this is episode 530 of Bitcoin. And today is my birthday. And for my birthday, I now have 420 followers on my new Twitter account, Ghost of Nunya. If you're looking for Nunya business, uh, the old account, B-E-N-N-D-7-7, it is no longer alive because Twitter and their infinite wisdom decided that I was a bad person and should be unpersoned. So I had to throw together a new account, uh, and it is Ghost of Nunya, all one word, Ghost of Nunya. Uh, on Twitter and I was looking this morning and I had exactly 420 followers. I think that, you know, building back slower is a little bit, uh, is probably a better way to go when you've been banned by Twitter and you don't want to activate their um, algorithms. Because I remember, you know, when I had to, when I got crushed off of Twitter, I was using one of my alt accounts, House Aspenwood. And within one day, it got 1,500 followers. And like a few days after that, it was basically hosed by Twitter uh, again. So I lost all three of my accounts within the first week of 2022. So I'm wondering if the fact that I got 1,500 followers in a single day activated a this is clearly somebody who is like a bad person algorithm or something like that from Twitter and They looked deeper and discovered, yeah, he's got the same phone number as the other uh, account that we hosed and all that kind of shit. So they hosed that one, too. I still think that it had a lot to do with the fact that uh, it activated some kind of algorithm when I put up my uh, standard avatar with the old Charlie Brown in the Kenny suit with the laser eyes. Um, I think it activated an algorithm that said, you know, that was scraped pixel by pixel the information off your av and then compared it to a naughty list on a pixel by pixel basis and said, yep, these are the exact same pixels with the exact same color information per pixel. We banned this account. This account, uh, this new account is going to die because there's, well, that's just the way uh, I guess it goes. I don't know they they seem to have added a shit ton of algorithms and Twitter has changed. I mean, in the first month of 2022, Twitter, is it's not that it's unrecognizable as much as it is clearly functioning in a different way. And I believe they activated a whole shit ton more algorithms uh, on the 1st of January, 2022, than was present and active before that. Now, yeah, I know you're probably going to say, yeah, what about the NFTs and the profile pic? Yeah, I think we're going to get to that. I, I'm pretty sure I've got an article on that, but we're going to do this one first. Philippine Bank to offer Bitcoin trading per report. Namcios has it for Bitcoin Magazine. The Union Bank of the Philippines is planning to offer Bitcoin and cryptocurrency trading and custody services to its customers, according to a Bloomberg report. The move seeks to capitalize on the rampant adoption of such assets in the Asian nation, the report said, as the average investor in the country is expected to hold between 3% and 5% of their personal assets in cryptocurrency over the next five years. Currently, these figures are approximately 1% to 2%. Kathy Casas, head of the Bank's Blockchain and Application Programming Interface Group, told Bloomberg, Casas said the new offering represents a way to future-proof our banking business, per the report. Quote, we are making efforts to educate our clients, also via social media, making sure that they are safe, she added. The Union Bank of the Philippines offers a wide variety of financial services to corporate and consumer clients, including investment management, trust banking, insurance brokerage, Currency brokerage and private banking services. It was incorporated in 1968 and has over 3,000 employees. The Union Bank of the Philippines custodial services for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies will also be capable of encompassing tokenized bonds. Oh, God. According to the report, the bank became the first Philippine bank to launch its own stablecoin in 2019 to provide rural banks in its network easier access to remittances and payments. Despite the bank's positive stance towards Bitcoin, the country's central bank governor, Benjamin Diokno, has, according to the report, cautioned that cryptocurrencies could pose a danger to the financial system as they are very vulnerable to, of course, illicit activities. Any medium of exchange can be leveraged by criminals and blaming the tool rather than the person using it is a fallacious argument. For instance, one of the largest cases of money laundering schemes uncovered to date involved US dollars and the international bank HSBC. In contrast, Bitcoin's usage for illicit activities has been in decline. I'm really glad that they've got Namcios writing for Bitcoin Magazine because he always, always brings Brings to the table, no matter what the report, he's always reminding us that, you know, whatever these people think that Bitcoin is, is not actually what it is. They always get it wrong. Well, let's hope that the nations of the world don't either. Nations to adopt Bitcoin and crypto users to reach 1 billion people by 2023, per another report. This time we're talking uh, about Joseph Hall writing for Cointelegraph. There's a beacon of hope for battered Bitcoin bulls. A promising report from crypto.com predicts that global crypto users could reach 1 billion by the end of 2022. Now, hold on, let's see, hold on here. Crypto.com just got hacked for like $32 million. So understand you've got to take what's being said from crypto.com with a grain of salt okay but maybe they're maybe they have some decent intelligence we'll find out looking back on 2021 the global crypto population increased by 178 percent in 2021 rising from 106 million in january to 295 million in december While 2021 kicked off with Tesla and MasterCard joining the party with crypto payments and adoption, BTC drove growth in the second part of the year, effectively outperforming Ether adoption. I can't believe I said the name. I'm sorry, Shitcoin One adoption. In the run-up to El Salvador's Bitcoin legal tender bill, August was an outstanding month for adoption as shown in the graph below. And yes, it's up and to the right. That's all you need to know about the graph. In light of the number of crypto users in 2021 tripped, Crypto.com estimates that if we extrapolate a similar rate of increase in 2022, we are on track to reach 1 billion crypto users by the end of 2022. However, it will take more than just one Latin American nation adopting Bitcoin and some healthy crypto regulation in the United States to get there. Fortunately, a recent Fidelity report agrees on nation state adoption they quote wouldn't be surprised to see more countries adopting btc in 2022 as for the second part of the crypto.com prediction on a friendlier stance of crypto the jury is out given that the potential rocket fuel that is a US Bitcoin ETF continues to be rejected. And I think they're talking about the spot ETF, not futures. We have five. And the recent US crypto mining hearing was cautious at best. Crypto.com's predictions are a saving grace. As price action grinds lower, the report is welcome hopium for hodlers. Yeah, I know we're grinding lower. And who knows? Who knows why? I still think it has a lot more to do with the futures etfs in the united states than anything else i honestly do the these instruments were they are they are not your friend they haven't been friend a friend of almost every asset class under the sun i mean in the short term i suppose they're your friend if you can play the markets and time shit right But dude, do you really, really want to be locked to screens 24 hours a day, seven days a week for crypto trading? Do you really want to do that? That's just going to waste your life. Go fishing. Buy Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin, sit back and chill out. And don't use Solana. Why? Solana NFT project rug pulls investors for $1.3 million despite civic verification Oh, joy. Jason Nelson has it for Decrypt.co. On January the 11th, scammers pulled off one of the largest NFT rug pulls in the history of the Solana blockchain. The scammers made off with 9,132 SOL, or around $1.3 million at the time, in funds sent by would-be collectors to mint Big Daddy Ape Club NFTs except that there were no NFTs. And the people behind the Big Daddy Ape Club were able to abscond with the funds despite the NFT drop having been, quote, verified by decentralized identity verification company Civic. Civic. Civic's been around for a long time, and it's owned or was started by a Bitcoin, essentially what is a Bitcoin hater, and his name escapes my mind right now. Uh, But... Civic, who is that dude? I I know it, I can see his face in my mind. It's just big fat dude. Anyway, uh, Civic, a San Francisco based crypto firm that first burst onto the scene in 2015 as an open source identity verification protocol on shitcoin one has refashioned itself into an NFT auditing and verification service on competing blockchain network Solana. Civic announced in late December that it had verified the Big Daddy Ape Club through its verified by Civic Pass program. The company says it designed the program as a free service for creators to verify their real world identities and build trust within their communities. But it was the trust that the Big Daddy Ape Club exploited. And Civic now says it's working with law enforcement to track down those responsible for the scam. Quote, we are aware of the reported Big Daddy Ape Club rug pull and that there are victims involved. We take this attack on the NFT community seriously and are taking steps to offer all the assistance that we can, Civic CEO Chris Hart tweeted on the day of the mint. Big Daddy Ape Club was billed as a collection of 2,222 ape-themed NFTs to be minted on the Solana blockchain and listed on the Solana art uh, NFT marketplace, but it turned out to be a classic rug pull, a type of exit scam that is all too common in crypto, in which developers suddenly leave a project and disappear with investors' money. Digital artist and NFT blogger Faith Orr, who goes by Toaster Fries on Twitter, detailed what happened with this scam on her Substack. Quote. The one thing I keep hearing from the Big Daddy Ape Club victims is that they locked the, the Discord a few hours before Mint, which to many was bizarre since the Mint link usually appears there, Or wrote. or also pointed out that the victims of the scam said that they did not receive their NFTs after sending SOL. Quote, this is an especially brutal move on their part, Or wrote. Quote, most rugs do the basic courtesy of leaving their victims with NFTs even if they don't ever get listed on secondary markets, end quote. Soon after, the Twitter account, Discord server, and website for Big Daddy Ape Club went dark. Solana Art acknowledged the rug pull, pointing out that Civic had verified the project, quote, the identity of the individual who held themselves out as the founder of the BDAC project was verified through our program, Heart Tells Decrypt. Quote, We are cooperating with law enforcement to assist in their investigation, but do not know how long their investigation will take. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You're never going to find them. You're never going to find them. Your money is gone. If you went into Big Daddy Ape Club, your money is gone forever. Sorry. Mert. A software engineer at Coinbase and a Solana researcher told Decrypt that this is the largest NFT rug pull that he has tracked so far. He said that he tracked the scammer's Solana wallet and that some of the funds have been transferred to accounts on cryptocurrency exchange Binance. Upon filing a report, the exchange told MERT that it has since blocked the accounts and will likewise work with law enforcement to investigate. Quote, we are aware of the recent reports and our team is investigating the matter further. A Binance representative told Decrypt. The representative added that the company does not comment on specific engagements with law enforcement. Hart says that Civic aims for the highest level of accuracy, but says no verification process is effective 100% of the time. Quote, we do not endorse projects in this program, nor do we perform due diligence on them beyond our identity verification services, he said. Well, while that's true, potential investors could be forgiven for confusing a verification for an endorsement, and based on the hundreds of responses to Hart's initial tweet, many of them did. The Verified by Civic program, uh, Pass program works by verifying control of the project's Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, let's do this again. No, sorry, I just had to laugh. The Verified by Civic Pass program works by verifying control of the project's Twitter handle, control of the project's domain, and identity verification of the project's founders through ID document capture. The verification process also includes a 3D face scan of the person completing verification compared to a 2D photo identification. But it appears being fully doxxed wasn't enough to keep the Big Daddy Ape Club developers from scamming collectors. Some Twitter users following the story questioned the need for auditors. Why have they been made the arbiters of good and not good when it comes to projects? NFT collector Kyan Lift tweeted, quote, Moreover, is this criteria they're using to evaluate projects even valid? Does doxing and being truly active on social media and having a good-looking website actually protect investors? <laughs> Civic says that the verification process is designed to share information with the appropriate authorities in the event of a rug pull. It says it is in direct contact with U.S.-based authorities and intends to cooperate fully. Hart tells Decrypt that Civic has partnered with Magic Eden, the leading NFT marketplace on Solana, in terms of volume for trust and safety services and with NFT project ranking site Rad Rugs to integrate with their security leaderboard. Quote, over the past few months, we've expanded our role to help increase trust and safety across the NFT ecosystem. <clears throat> he added, heart added rather, that Civic has partnered with Metaplex, the company behind the protocol responsible for creating NFTs on Solana in an attempt to mitigate the use of bots on the network, which continues to be a significant problem for NFT projects on Solana. Because transaction fees on Solana are near zero, unlike the gas fees on rival network shitcoin1, tech savvy traders can use bots to spam the network with transactions and scoop up tokens during an IDO or valuable NFTs during a mint in order to resell them on secondary markets at a much higher price. Last November, Civic announced the launch of Ignite Pass, a free version of its Civic Pass, which is designed to address this problem. Civic says Ignite Pass requires NFT buyers to prove their liveness and offer a paid upgrade option for high-value auctions, but this, too, does not currently appear to be working as intended. And here's a tweet from at redacted J. Quote, Well, Given Mortuary Inc. NFT got botted to hell last night. Thanks, St. Electic, for the heads up. Using Civic Key Captcha, it looks like the current Captcha is useless now. The spy versus spy game has escalated. Basil Amon and I are convening a war council to look at the new Captcha. So apparently Civic's entire system is just broken. Right? So that's the end of the article. It's just broken. What the fuck? I ugh, I can't iterate this enough. Stop buying NFTs. Don't do it. There's nothing. There's absolutely nothing good about any of this crap. So please just stay as far away from this crap as possible, so that you don't have to go into all this crap. Now, Robinhood is in the news with their crypto wallet. Apparently, their testing is live, and now a thousand users can withdraw, Cointelegraph's Brian Newer has it. <clears throat> Online retail investing platform Robinhood has released its long-awaited crypto wallet for beta testing, which will finally enable users to withdraw crypto from the platform. The first 1,000 users that signed up to the wait list for wallets are eligible to take part in beta testing. Wallet testers are will be able to withdraw crypto valued up to $2,999, Over a maximum of 10 total transactions daily. Robinhood is a financial services platform. Yeah, we know, and it's backed by Citadel Securities. And that is an incestuous relationship. I won't get into why. While the current limit of testers is capped at 1,000, the company plans to raise the cap to 10,000 by March. A January announcement from Robinhood stated that, quote, beta testers will help us test core functionality and provide critical feedback to inform the final version of the project. End quote. Wallet testers will be required to perform Know Your Customer Identification if they are not existing Robinhood users and use a two-factor authentication app. Robinhood's crypto COO, Christine Brown, tweeted today that while the beta program is ongoing, the company will work to finalize the send and receive flows and add delightful QR scanning experiences, improve transaction history, and block explorer support, end quote. Up until the release of wallets, any crypto bought on the platform could not be withdrawn nor stored privately, making it essentially a crypto transaction in name only. Now, however, Robinhood's growing crypto division is beginning to resemble a full-fledged crypto exchange that the company says will, quote, fully connect Robinhood crypto holders to the greater blockchain ecosystem for the very first time. Many of its traders favor Dogecoin as their coin of choice. Doge accounted for more than 41% of Robinhood's total revenue in quarter two, 2021, and 19% in Q3. There are also rumors that the company will list God forbid Shiba Inu, since Robinhood co-founder Vlad, whatever his last name is, recently commented on the rising number of SHIB token holders. Brown stated that listing SHIB would depend on regulatory feasibility. Robinhood share prices fall into an all-time low of $13.50 in after-hours trading. <laughs> I like how they just put that right there at the end. Everything is tanking. We'll get to that when we run the numbers, but first... Uh, Bitcoin company Voltage raises $6 million in a seed round. Nomsios has it for Bitcoin Magazine. Bitcoin and Lightning Infrastructure company Voltage has raised $6 million in a seed funding round led by early stage venture capital firm Trammell Venture Partners, the company said in a statement sent to Bitcoin Magazine. Kraft Ventures, GV, Stillmark, Cavalry Asset Fund, Strategic Cyber Ventures, Folger Ventures, and Tenzig.vc also participated in the round. Quote, At Voltage, we are building the tools and services needed to take Bitcoin into its next phase of adoption, Voltage CEO Graham Kryzik said in this statement. Quote, By creating a simple and easy way to interface with Bitcoin and the Lightning Network, We are ushering in a new wave of users and use cases. We are grateful for the community's support and will continue our mission to provide easy, scalable solutions to fast-track a Bitcoin standard. Voltage said the round would support its growth plans and aid in its hiring efforts as it works to expand and improve its enterprise-grade Bitcoin and Lightning infrastructure solutions. Voltage provides hosting services for users interested in running a Bitcoin or Lightning node on a cloud. The service also includes a dashboard through which users can interact with their instances, though most of the housekeeping is automatically provided by the infrastructure company. According to its website, sensitive files are encrypted to the user's password on the client side, and the seed and password created by the user are never seen by Voltage. Quote, As more developers and companies move to adopt and deploy Bitcoin and Lightning applications at scale, Graham and his team are poised to support rapid consumer-grade Bitcoin native development and deployment, said Trammell Venture Partners Managing Director Christopher Calicott, who will be joining Voltage's board of directors True, ownership of Bitcoin can only be achieved by running a node as the user becomes a participant in the peer-to-peer monetary network. By simply using a mobile or desktop wallet, the user would be trusting somebody else's node to acknowledge and broadcast transactions. Voltage's product line increases the appeal for more people to run their own nodes as it offers a more convenient avenue for beginners or companies in need of either scaling mechanisms. However, the practice still comes with trade-offs as the user or company would be outsourcing some aspects of that task to a third party. So there you go, Voltage doing well. Glad to see that uh, Trammell and Folger and all those guys are still active uh, in uh, investing in these uh, smaller uh, startup companies. Thank God. Now let's run the numbers. CNBC Futures and Commodities has flammable liquids down quite a bit today. Uh, West Texas Intermediate down a point and a half uh, to $84.28. Brent North Sea likewise down a point and a half to $87.08. Natural gas on the upswing, two and a half points, $3.90 per thousand cubic feet. Gasoline is down one and a half as well. $2.42 per gallon, still not going to make people on the West Coast very happy. All of your shiny metal rocks except palladium are down today. Gold is down 0.4% to $1,835. Silver down over a point to $24.44. Platinum down almost a full point. Copper is down uh, 3 quarters of a point. Palladium is actually up 1.36. Agricultural futures are mostly going down today with the biggest loser being coffee at 2.87% to the downside. Chocolate on its heels at 263 to the downside. Wheat after that, uh, 1.14% to the downside. Soybeans down just over a point. Dow futures are down 0.16%. NASDAQ is down 0.99%. Jesus, Uh, S&P futures down 0.61% and S&P mini is down 0.42%. Bitcoin having problems today, $38,289, 275,000 transactions performed in the last 24 hours. That's 11,500 transactions on average per hour with 616,000 BTC being sent in that period. That's 25,697 BTC on average every hour. Average transaction value is two and a quarter BTC. Median transaction value is up to 0.016 BTC or 605 bucks. Block times are high again, 10 minutes and 55 seconds, 0.08 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis, 11.43 BTC taken in fees overall in the last 24 hour period. With a 8.28% drop in hash rate, we are now dipping below 200 exahashes to 198.7 exahashes per second. We did hit a all-time high of hash rate yesterday. I think it was 216 exahashes per second, and a lot of that shit just came offline. I mean, it's just, it's oh god, it's like it's like being on an ocean with the waves and everything. Shitcoin indicator Doge 15 United States pennies. Uh, 300, or not 300, 3,059 transactions waiting on three blocks to clear. We have dipped to a $732.2 billion market capitalization, which is a mere 6% of gold's market cap. But if you really want to do it, you can buy 21 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 18,936,029 in circulation. There are 3,320.7 of those locked in the Lightning Network valued at $128.4 million being run over. Wow, we got a whole bunch more nodes online. We are now at 19,111 nodes that we can connect to or at least that we can see. uh, Sporting 84,151 payment channels. That was like, dude, dude, yesterday was it just... uh, Below 84, it was at like 83,800. That's uh, so somebody cranked up a shit ton of lightning nodes. Man, 76.2 percent of all of it, however, is being run over the tour network. That is 2530 and a, 31 and a half BTC in the lightning network on the tour side, being run over 11,808 tour nodes that we can see, and that's gonna do it for vitals. Welcome to part two of the news you can use. Yesterday, a whole bunch of stiff-ass tie-wearing suit-wearing sons of bitches sat around a bench looking important and talking about Bitcoin mining and energy usage at the first U.S. House hearing on Bitcoin mining. What did it tell us? They don't really understand what the hell mining is all about. Nomsios is going to tell us why from Bitcoin Magazine. The first congressional hearing on Bitcoin mining took place on Thursday after a United States House subcommittee scheduled it to get a better understanding of the environmental impacts of the industry. Representative Diana DeGette, a Democrat from Colorado, said in her opening statement that despite the promising applications of Bitcoin and blockchain technology, mining's energy usage and carbon emissions ought to be at the forefront of all discussions about cryptocurrency. Quote, we cannot bring retired fossil fuel plants back online or delay the retirement of some of our oldest and least efficient plants in support of energy intensive crypto mining, said Representative Frank Pallone, the Democrat who heads the Energy and Commerce Committee, according to a Bloomberg report. The hearing featured five witnesses who testified on their knowledge of the power consumption of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, as well as their legitimacy. However, only two witnesses portrayed a good understanding of Bitcoin's proof-of-work consensus mechanism, being able to explain to the subcommittee why POW is needed and can't be substituted by proof-of-stake. John Belizere, CEO of Saluna Computing, told Bitcoin magazine in an interview after the hearing that Bitcoin can't take the risk to shift to POS, a consensus mechanism that may actually undermine what has given Bitcoin its strength and growth. Yeah, well, it's never going to do that anyway. I mean, I'll never, I'll, I'll never run that code on my node, and neither will a whole bunch of other people. All you really have to do to, and this is me talking. This is not, this is not Nomsios. All you have to do is go back to the to the block size wars in 2016, 2017, and the beginning of 2018. To understand just how it is that because I won't run that fucking software on my node ever, and neither will a whole shit ton of other people, that's why Bitcoin will, there, will, there could be a fork of Bitcoin as a proof of stake with a proof of stake mechanism. That'll probably happen. It's not going to be Bitcoin. It, they'll name it Bitcoin. They'll, they'll probably name it Bitcoin POS. I guarantee you it's going to be something like that. And there will be a fork of the Bitcoin blockchain, except this time it's going to be a hard fork all the way to a completely different consensus mechanism. None of the Bitcoiners that are alive today are really ever going to run that code. They might run it just to see how jacked up it is and report back to us. Yeah, this is jacked up and here's why. But they're actually not going to be serious about running that software. They're not going to do it. And you'll have Another fork of Bitcoin, like Bitcoin Gold, Bitcoin Private, Bitcoin Rhodium, Bitcoin Diamond, what all, all those Bitcoin forks that came out in 2017, 2018, is going to be resting in the ashes amongst all of them. So whatever Namcios tells us further in this article, don't be disheartened, because Bitcoin is not going to, to move to a proof-of-stake consensus mechanism there will be a fork of Bitcoin that does so, but nobody's going to use it. Nobody will run it. It certainly won't ever touch my node. Belazaire added that the consensus mechanisms other than proof of work reintroduce the conceptualized concept of trust or the conceptual, the concept of trust, sorry. And that he sees Bitcoin and crypto as two separate things. Quote, on the one hand, you say Bitcoin mining uses all of this energy but it could be the catalyst for renewable energy. There are billions of dollars being stored in it every day, and it's launching all of this ecosystem and financial services, he told Bitcoin Magazine, referring to the level of misunderstanding the representative showed about Bitcoin mining. Brian Brooks, CEO of, Bit- of Bitcoin miner Bitfury, and former acting comptroller of the currency, said, that it isn't fitting for policymakers to decide whether Bitcoin represents a good use of energy, a decision that should be left to the market to decide. Brooks also highlighted how Bitcoin can actually help the energy economy of the United States. Quote, Bitcoin is like an energy derivative. It provides real-time price signals to the market about the most valuable use of energy in a given place, Brooks said. The vast majority of industrial-scale Bitcoin miners are the price transmission belt for all of the energy globally, end quote. Brooks went on to explain that his company virtually only deploys mining operations in joint ventures with utility or renewable providers because, quote, they can only make the economics work if there is a base load consumer there, and that's almost always Bitcoin mining, quote, all of our projects are. Some utility says we can't build another plant unless you will come and be our in up to in uh, in. Sorry, our interruptor. God, I'm having a hell of a day today. Interruptible source of baseload consumption. Brooks added, "That's the beauty of Bitcoin mining." Again, by Namcios for Bitcoin Magazine. Um, yeah, there is clearly by the statements of, at least Diana DeGette, uh, who said, what was it? We cannot bring retired fossil fuel plants back online. W- why would she think we would want that? I mean, there was, there is a case up in, uh, upstate New York, Green Ridge that did that they, but they didn't bring it back online as much as they refit it to burn natural gas. And then they went into Bitcoin mining. I, it's not, I, I if I remember right, it wasn't an offline plant. Maybe it was. If, if I'm wrong on that, you know, please feel free to correct me at Ghost of Nunya on Twitter. Um, but most of the Bitcoin mining people that I hear on podcasts interviews, what they, you know, like Adamo uh, Denver Bitcoin says on you know on Twitter and whatnot like that, they're not really looking for that. They're 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 not looking to bring coal fired plants back online. She has no clue what she's talking about, and I'm not going to get into her shit about it because how could she? This is probably fairly low on representatives' list of shit to do. Honestly, being just brutally honest, I don't think that they care enough yet to where they really get their aides to go through and start pulling this shit apart and hire... And they also need to actually go and look for aides that actually know about this stuff and put them on their staff so that when they ask, go pull this shit apart and give me a report that I can easily digest and understand that they can go do that. The aides that they have right now are just as in the dark as the representatives that they work for on all of this stuff because it's last, probably very, very, very at the bot, you know, towards the bottom of their list of shit that they've got to get done. I still don't like them and I'm not like trying to, you know, rah-rah for them or anything like that. It's just that that's, I guarantee you that that's what's going on. This is why she's ignorant about what's going on in Bitcoin mining. That ignorance is lethal, by the way. If that ignorance continues, it can really do some damage to our ecosystem, but it also is going to do damage to their re-election possibilities because there is the case that I would vote for somebody over somebody else if they actually understand Bitcoin, demonstrate to me that they do understand Bitcoin and are going to do something to champion Bitcoin going into the the future over somebody else, unless the person that likes Bitcoin says something like, you should not have private property rights, you should not be able to defend your property with firearms or any other kind of weaponry. Because at that point, they don't understand the philosophy of Bitcoin. But if they understand the philosophy philosophy of freedom and they seem to understand more about Bitcoin than your average rep or senator, then yes, they're going to actually be able to capture my vote if I decide to actually vote in the future. I really kind of haven't in a while. In either event, we need to move on. Why real estate investors should love Bitcoin. This is... James Santi, writing for Bitcoin Magazine. The absolute scarcity and perfectly known deflationary supply schedule of Bitcoin means that holders maximize benefits by having a low time preference. That is, they are willing to forego immediate benefits for the potential of increased returns in the future. The opposite of this is having a high time preference being focused on immediate well-being or fast returns, often at the expense of the long term. Real estate investors generally have a low time preference. Institutions model 10-year cash flows as a market standard, and most mom-and-pop homebuyers enter into multi-decade mortgages or at least acknowledge the drawbacks of buying and selling too often. This mindset is well-suited to holding Bitcoin, where, historically, returns have been maximized by... Holding through one or more four-year halving cycles and high time preference, short-term trading is incredibly risky due to Bitcoin's volatility. Those with significant portions of their wealth in Bitcoin have generally done hundreds and often thousands of hours of work on the subject. The rabbit hole is endless. This helps build an unshakable conviction, one that continues despite being constantly tested by external forces and volatility. Bitcoiners know that they own and what they own and are happy for it to be an oversized part of their portfolio, if not the only asset that they own. Successful real estate investors are often very similar in this regard. They know their asset class so well that diversifying into things such as stocks and bonds can often feel more risky for them. It can explain a lot of their initial pushback against Bitcoin, but those with an open mind time and energy to do the work will find that the bitcoin rabbit hole is full of things that both attract them to and keep them in real estate they may also conclude it does a better job at storing value and growing wealth similarly Many real estate investors and special, are specialists within their asset class, whether that be an institutional developer of logistics warehouses or mom and pop investors who fix up and flip single family homes. They stick to what they know best and it works for them. This is much like, for example, how Bitcoiners have done the work to conclude that trading other cryptocurrencies cannot compete with their strategy of simply holding Bitcoin for the long term. proof of work. Now we're gonna get into some proof of work here. Simply proof of work is a piece of data which is difficult to produce, but easy for others to verify. Bitcoin uses a proof of work system for block generation where in order for a block to be accepted by network participants, miners must complete a proof of work which covers all of the data in the block. The probability of being the miner to complete this proof of work is extremely low. It is also very difficult, with significant time and energy expended in the process. How this time and energy helps provide value to and secure the Bitcoin network has been discussed at length elsewhere. The key takeaway for real estate investors is that there is significant tangible work done in creating Bitcoin and securing the network. Real estate investors ascribe value to their asset being tangible, whether that being the ability to see, touch, and feel the finished product or selecting a particular investment because of its physical characteristics and quality. Because real estate investors place value on these attributes, they may also be able to see the value in the significant resources and time that go into securing the Bitcoin network via proof of work. Emotions, culture, and community. Real estate is unquestionably an emotional asset class, something that currently performs the dual role of an investment and shelter is inevitably going to be. The Australian movie The Castle encapsulates this perfectly with classics lines such as, it's not a house, it's a home. A man's home is his castle. The movie shows that, for so many people, real estate is so much more than an investment. Similarly, home ownership has been a cornerstone of, quote, the American dream for decades. And marketing slogans such as rent money is dead money are treated by many as investment gospel. The culture of home ownership and real estate investing is something most people have fully bought into and hold dear. In many places, it's not possible to have a dinner party without discussing house prices. People attach large parts of their identity and self-worth to their home, with some considering it a status symbol or using it as a deliberate display of wealth. Anybody who's spent time with a Bitcoiner will attest that once they start talking about the subject, it's almost impossible to get them to stop. Their zealous passion for Bitcoin cannot be hidden. In time, Bitcoin could become the new default dinner party conversation those brave enough to wade into bitcoin twitter will find a close-knit online community that will promote and defend bitcoin intensely many bitcoiners have transformed their lives and fortunes as a result of the low time preference behavior bitcoin encourages they are grateful for this as well as the hope and opportunity that it can provide others once they properly discover it real estate professionals will attest that much of what they do is about people managing emotions and personalities building networks, leveraging relationships to create opportunities. If they choose to engage, they will find a welcoming community that has grown entirely organically, one in which their people skills from real estate are well-placed. Convergence and opportunities. Many adopters of Bitcoin will gradually decrease their proportional exposure to other assets over time, either deliberately after concluding there is no alternative or accidentally due to Bitcoin's consistent outperformance. However, that doesn't mean the decision needs to be binary. In fact, there are other areas of convergence between Bitcoin and real estate that present opportunities at both individual and corporate levels. For the individual real estate owner, Bitcoin mining at home is increasingly feasible thanks to both readily accessible information and a range of providers' retailing equipment, including ASICs and accessories, to reduce noise and heat. Many real estate investors prioritize cash flow and yield. Mining Bitcoin, can provide this. For corporations such as real estate developers, providing land, building, and energy infrastructure solutions to Bitcoin miners is an area of increasing opportunity as more capital flows into the space. This may create some interesting opportunities for real estate asset managers to create partnerships or new structures that enable miners to do what they do best. They can source cheap or stranded energy sources and plug in as many ASICs as possible while enabling real estate experts to develop and own the underlying real estate and earn a yield on it in perpetuity, possibly in exchange for Bitcoin rather than fiat currency or by adopting a revenue sharing model in the same way retail landlords generate turnover rents. My previous article argued that Bitcoin has the potential to extract significant value from real estate over time. In the process, a subsector of real estate could emerge. Bitcoin real estate, this subsector, could ultimately be not only defensive in nature in the way that real estate always has been, but benefit by being leveraged to the growth of Bitcoin. A potentially significant opportunity exists for early movers to create a new real estate niche, uh, James Santi again writing for Bitcoin Magazine. Yeah, I really like this section of convergence and opportunities. Um, just like energy companies, uh, whether they are you know building green quote green energy and windmills uh, and solar uh, solar uh, generation plants and such, could go ahead and build those things without a without a customer base. Because they know that Bitcoin miners are fairly, can be fairly mobile and only really need, you know, cheap structures like, you know, steel buildings. They don't really need, you know, it doesn't need to look nice. It just needs to be able to hold up to wind, rain, snow. Whatnot, And as long as it's dry inside, you can throw Bitcoin miners into it so you can easily start getting a revenue on energy generation. Likewise, this discussion here in this uh, opportunity section is talking about providing real estate people being able to provide just that, uh, not the energy consumption, but housing being able to house the Bitcoin miners and being able to say, look, I got, I, I've got, i got, like, if, if you're a real estate developer and you've got, like, let's say a strip mall and you've got 50% uh, occupancy rate because some people went out of business, if that building has a shit ton of power going to it, and that real estate is located in a low cost power environment and you're paying like less than you know 10 cents per kilowatt around 10 cents and lower per kilowatt hour, then you can say you can start courting Bitcoin miners and say, I need you to come in, I got the power, uh you gotta pay for it. Uh we'll give you a half off on rent and the other half you can you know provide us Bitcoin or something like that. And you go ahead and, and put yourself into this slot in my strip mall, and that get that will generate the the landlord some revenue. I could definitely see this this happening, and I think it's a really good idea. But we got other fish to fry because ether altcoins a tank with Bitcoin as decoupling narrative goes up in smoke. Amkar um, Godbole has this one for CoinDesk. The developing narrative of Shitcoin One and alternative shitcoins or altcoins decoupling from Bitcoin in an adverse macro environment went up in smoke on Friday as well as a sell-off in markets and the largest cryptocurrency caused extensive damage to the broader crypto market. Bitcoin fell to a five-month low of 38300 during the Asian hours, an 8% slide on a 24-hour basis. Shitcoin One, the second largest cryptocurrency, tanked 10%, printing lows near $2,800. The convincing move under 3000 saw some traders book bearish option strategies, Swiss-based derivatives analytics platform Levitas said. While Bitcoin tokens slipped uh, 10%, native tokens of Looping, Yearn Finance, Compound, and Ave fell between 12 and 15%, CoinDesk data show. Recent outperformers such as Phantoms FTM and Cosmos Atom dropped 10 and 5% respectively. All crypto market sectors, including gaming and metaverse, traded in the red and suffered significant more losses than Bitcoin. It appears as though the whole market is simply correlated to equities now, Levitas said. So it will be interesting to see how that evolves with the Federal Reserve looking increasingly likely to raise rates faster, end quote. The price action perhaps indicates that the market value of cryptocurrencies, promising sound money and democratized finance is heavily dependent on centralized liquidity, the Fed's money printing program. Uh, Shitcoin One and the broader crypto market had stayed relatively resilient following Bitcoin's early December crash to a then two-month low of $42,000. That had several observers calling a continued uh, shitcoin one outperformance heading into 2022. I guess I'll go ahead and say it. They were they were calling for a continued ether outperformance heading into 2022. Bitcoin began losing ground overnight after the tech-heavy Nasdaq 100 and S&P 500 erased early gains and ended Thursday with losses of more than one percent. Quote. Currently, the S&P 500 seems to dictate the direction of Bitcoin and the overall crypto market, evident by correlations reaching new highs. Bitcoin's 90-day correlation to the S&P 500 is currently at the highest since October of 2020, Arcane Research's weekly note published Tuesday said. According to Keiko Research, Bitcoin's 30-day correlation with the Nasdaq 100 and S&P 500 has risen to a 17-month high in the wake of the Fed's funds futures pricing in four Fed rate increases per or for 2022. Quote, We're now expecting five Fed rate hikes this year. David Bell, founder of MacroDesiac.com and UK growth director at TradingView, told CoinDesk in a WhatsApp chat. Earlier this week, Anna Wong, the chief U.S. economist for Bloomberg Economics, said a 50 basis point Fed increase is warranted at the March meeting. Even Ether, which is more associated with decentralized finance and non-fungible tokens than with the inflation trade, seems to be tracking equities. According to blockchain analytics firm Into the Block, Ether's 30-day correlation with NASDAQ had strengthened to 0.86%. The key to sustainable Bitcoin price recovery is renewed institutional participation, which remains elusive. Quote, the awaited institutional inflows have still not returned. And with that, 40,000 BTC support broke. The wider market has been pushed lower, lower, Laurent Kisisis, a crypto exchange traded fund expert and director of CEC Capital said. He added that the short term perspective looks bleak with the futures market data showing potential for more liquidation of longs, the forced closure of bullish positions due to margin shortage, which in turn leads to a deeper decline. There are still $100 million worth of longs open, half of which is on BitMEX exchange, which I had not seen for a while. Since BTC dropped overnight, these long positions on leverage are margin called and it's only a question of time. Traders will be keenly watching Bitcoin's UTC close on Friday as potential failure to rise back above $40,000 may invite more chart-driven selling. Quote, the loss of the $40,000 mark today will likely lead to more bearish sentiment, which in turn could push the price further down. It could even test last July's low of $30,000, Robin Liu, a researcher at crypto financial services provider Babel Finance said in an email. Quote, in addition, as we near the lunar new year, Chinese investors demand to cash out is also putting the market under greater selling pressure, Liu added. China's week-long lunar new year holiday begins on January the 31st, by the way. So there you go. We might as well, I mean, might as well go ahead and just, you know, eat, eat the shit right now so that we don't have to eat it later. And what I mean by that is just take the bad news. You know what happens whenever every time this happens, guess what else happens? Companies and Bitcoin keep building. They keep coming up with new products. That's, that's just not gonna stop. There are way too many people that are way too invested in their time and their hearts that they're just, what, what are they gonna do? Bail out and go be an investment banker on Wall Street? The hatred of Wall Street by most of the people in Bitcoin is so strong that they don't want to do that. So they're going to keep building as they've always done every cycle. It's the same. You get a high, you get a blow off top, you get another high, you get an even worse blow off top. And then you settle down into like half of what your value was. And it sucks for the hodler. I, you know, it it does. Okay. I'm not going to say, I guess it does. It sucks. It sucks for me. I don't like seeing the prices low. I never have. However, this good buying opportunity. And second of all, all these people are going to continue to build. They're not going to stop. It's not like Rodolfo Novak out of cold card is going to close down cold card, stop making open dimes and all that kind of shit. In fact, I saw a uh, Mastodon uh, toot of his today that said, well, I guess we get to start building again. And he was, he was grateful for it. You could tell, you could tell in the, the way that he wrote the sentence. He was like, thank God we get to start building again. And he used the term "bildel," which I, yeah, whatever, whatever. Turkish and Salvadoran presidents meet, and bitcoiners were left disappointed. <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry about it. it. It's seriously, guys. It'll it'll be okay. Joseph Hall, Coin Telegraph. Bitcoin took more than just a beating in the markets. The orange coin got a cold shoulder as Turkish President Recep Recep Tayyip Erdogan welcomed his Salvadoran peer Nayib Bukele in the capital of Turkey to talk about a number of topics. While Bitcoin failed to be a talking point, it did not stop the Twitter rumor mill from going into overdrive. As part of a state visit, Bukele and Erdogan kicked off with an official ceremony. Shortly afterward, they inaugurated the new El Salvadoran embassy before agreeing on six deals covering the economy, trade, defense, diplomacy, and education. The deal seeks to increase trade volume between the two countries to 500 million in five years. Trade volumes for 2020 and 2021 were $27 million and almost $50 million respectively. Mainstream media outlets watched closely to see whether Bukele would attempt to orange pill Erdogan. However, there was no mention of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency during Thursday's proceedings. That did not stop Twitter from speculating and deceiving audiences about the nature of the encounter. A coordinated newsburst made by fake Twitter accounts imitating popular accounts like Delta Zone, Zero Hedge, and a Bukele parody account, La Dictatore, simultaneously announced that Turkey would announce Bitcoin as legal tender by February 2022. The announcement was false. Law dictator's account has since been suspended, but the screenshot of their announcement lives on. And they took the moniker of the uh, asterisk Walter Bloomberg, and you've probably seen that one on several times. But it was not Walter Bloomberg's account tweeting, and it said, "Breaking: Turkey finance minister insider confirmed the country is about to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender." Nayib Bukele, fake uh, the fake uh, Twitter account, says. Uh, Turkey Bitcoin legal tender. It's official zero hedge, which is not the actual zero hedge, said breaking Turkey to declare Bitcoin legal tender starting February and documenting Bitcoin, which was also fake, said pretty much the same thing. In either event, all of those accounts were fake, and they were also saying shit that they shouldn't have been saying. And I think I fell for it too. Hey, I'm human. Continuing on, in the hours following the fake news, Bitcoin bulls regrouped to pump the price to within touching distance of 43,000 before falling off a cliff to 38,000 this morning. As the Turkish lira continues to struggle, analysts expected Bukele to make the case for Bitcoin. Given that the Turkish ruling party recently held a meeting in the metaverse, the tide may be turning. And if any discussion did happen on Thursday, it happened behind closed doors. So that's the end of the article. I kind of think it's a good thing that Nickel, that Bukele didn't say anything about Bitcoin. I really do. Because th- that would mean that he's not really the president of a country that's trying to do a deal with the president of another country. You can say what you want about Bukele or, or, or Erdogan. They, they both have some fairly serious faults. Erdogan is, is an actual scumbag. I have hope for Bukele, but he has still done some things that I, I definitely don't agree with. But in either event, he acted like the president of El Salvador or the president of a country. He wasn't going to orange pill Erdogan. He was going to make a deal that was going to increase trade between their two countries and to christen the, the El Salvadoran, uh, uh, oh God, <laughs> what did they call him? Embassy. Thank God. Embassy. It's the embassy, the El Salvadoran embassy. So I'm I'm not upset one bit that Bukele didn't try to orange pill Erdogan because that's wasn't part of uh Bukele's agenda and it certainly wasn't going to fall on anything other than deaf ears from uh Erdogan's side. So he Bukele did exactly what he should have been doing. Anyway, that is gonna do it for the morning roundup. it's Friday. It's the end of the week. So let's end it with a joke. Dad says jokes. Diarrhea is hereditary. It runs in your (laughs) genes. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like it. Um, If you wanna help support the show, no better way to do it than podcasting 2.0. Use Breeze Wallet, uh, the Sphinx chat app, or Fountain are my three favorites so far. There are many, many more. That you uh, you can load them up with satoshis, and you can stream them to me as I stream you these dulcet tones, and you can support the show and learn the future of consumption of media over the next five to ten years. If you're not going to learn it now, you're going to learn it then, and you would much be you'd be much better off if you go ahead and figure out how this shit works now, and you can do that by practicing giving me sats. That's right, give me sats. If you also want to support me in uh Fiat, I have a uh a Patreon page. It's Bitcoin and podcast, that's all one word, bitcoin and podcast and you can do it there and I think the Patreon or the patrons that I have so far, uh they have uh stuck with me <laughs> stuck with me for like the last I think I opened that thing up 4 or 5 months ago and um yeah, it's uh it it's been it's been heartening to see people come out and, and support me that way. But again, my my favorite way is Satoshi's. If you if you don't feel comfortable with podcasting 2.0 and getting a wallet and streaming sats and all that kind of stuff, because there are a lot of people that are still not comfortable with it, then you have an outlet to support me through Patreon at Bitcoin and Podcast. But just watching sat stream into my lightning node is so much fun. It's just, it's, it's great. And I've learned a lot about what's going to happen in the future to media consumption and being able to support people without advertising, um, over the last, you know, last year and a half, uh, than I thought that I I would. And I feel prepared for what's going to happen with video games, uh, software packages, movies, streaming, you name it. It's all going to be part of podcasting 2.0 as that thing expands. Anyway, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Don't let all the price action get you down. Remember, when price action is down and it stays down, what happens? We build. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and